0: You're
1: listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on L.A. Talk Radio.
0: Hey, Titus. He's here. Hey, Titus, I think your mic is off. I, I can't hear you.
1: Hey, Titus. There you go, man. Sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Hey. I'm, I apologize for being late. And, and what's up, homie? Not much. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We, I've uh, been doing a lot of stuff. I got my, um, uh, I got a, I got a possible script. Uh, did some guy like like the script that I wrote a long time ago? And we we he made a deal with me like eight years ago, and then it just came back around. And he's like, hey, do you still have that script? I have some people interested, so we'll see what happens.
0: Oh my God, is it Special Unit Two?
1: <laughs> I wish no, it's a Drag <laughs> Race movie. No, it's it's a man Special Unit Two. That would be the shit.
0: Yeah, definitely. I wanted to ask you because uh, I don't know if this is true, but I heard, like, because the movie that I saw, A Special Unit, that you directed and wrote, but I heard that uh, Brian Cranston directed, like, a shorter version of it.
1: So, so and when we did, yes. So, Brian, um, who I knew from Malcolm in the Middle, we used to go, I met Brian because we used to go on these uh, junket things together when I had Titus. Yeah. He was the dad of Malcolm. Middle, So I got to know him. He's a very smart guy. He's, he's really he's really a good dude. Anyway, he, I asked him if he would direct Special Unit, the pilot, because Comedy Central picked it up. Doug Herzog, the guy that okay Titus, was now at Comedy Central, and he said, what do you got? And I gave him Special Unit. Showtime, by the way, so I gave it to Showtime first, and Showtime went, uh, they went, we love this idea! And then I wrote him the script. They paid me for the script. I gave him the script and I go back in, and like the president of Showtime goes, we can't fucking do this. You're fucking out of your fucking mind. He goes, you're out of your fucking mind. So then I took it to Comedy Central and and Herzog goes, and Herzog goes, well, I know what you do, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna, and he okayed the pilot. So we shot the pilot um, and it was intense. I learned a lot because of Brian and it was, it was intense, but we, it was all right, the pilot's okay. And then Michael Aronin, it didn't get picked up and we finished it. And Michael Aronin was like, Man, I always do it. I made a promise to Michael. I said, I will get this movie made. I don't know when. It took me 10 years to get the movie made.
0: Wow. So that, I didn't know that it started off as a show first and then you made it to a movie.
1: Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: And then I wanted to ask you because, uh, uh, I don't know if you shot it before the pandemic, but then you, you brought back Titus for two more episodes. Yep. You know, and I think, like, uh, I thought it was brilliant because it was, like, how it ended it on how you wanted to end it.
1: Well, you know, they didn't—well, we had—there's a couple ways we could have ended Titus. So what we wanted to do was—because I didn't get along with the network president. Network president was really being a dick. Yeah. And, by the way, and I at that time, I, maybe I wasn't being—here's the thing. I was raised with a dude that was like this is he just my dad never couched anything in any kind of uh, uh, diplomacy or anything. He just said it. He just said what he said. So I grew up like that. So in show business, uh, which someone said years ago, Robert Towns said, it's just high school with money. Yeah. And, and and if you basically talk shit to the wrong person you can get you know they will use their power against you and that's what happened with gail Berman. gail Berman was messing the show up and i called her on it and whatever i should have just shut up right so um so what happened was was that we were here's how we were going to end titus we were going to end it as the last scene is um me in the mental hospital you know with 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 cynthia watros um and then we were going to cut to Like 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 pull out. I start talking to the camera, and then we cut out, and it's the security room at a mental health facility, and there's two guards there, and they're just staring. I go, and they just go, "This guy's been talking for three years. This is the creep. And so basically, the whole show would have been based in my mind in the mental hospital, and we talked about it, and um, Jack and Brian, Jack and Brian said, uh, "You know what? If we do that." the show's over because we weren't sure they were going to cancel us. They canceled the show. They had to tell me before midnight on whatever it was. I, it was May 15th, so I can go to the upfronts. They called me at 11.56 and told me it was canceled. They waited till almost midnight.
0: Oh, what if they didn't call you? Does that mean they would have gotten picked up again?
1: Uh, if they didn't call, well, I mean, they had to, they, they were going to call me either way, but right. they waited to the last minute to tell me.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow! I mean, somebody stayed up. Somebody missed out on sleep to be. <laughs> they were like torturing you on that. That's right. No, no, no. Let him. No, let him. No, he's panicking right now. Let his armpits <laughs> continue to sweat. It's gonna be all right. So this you know, is
0: probably before Twitter, so you couldn't like see what the the tweets were saying. You know what I mean? Uh, so like. <laughs>
1: That might've changed it because if we had, if we had had social media that was really talking about the show, I think if that show had been around during social media, I think we'd have had, we'd have had a different vibe on it. You know, it's so it's, it's amazing how fast we all find out when something's good or when something's bad now.
0: Yeah. So how did you get everybody on board to do these last two episodes for you? Like, and how was well, the chemistry? Man. Was, was it still there?
1: Yo, hundred percent. Did you, have you seen them?
0: i saw the yeah the last two but Um, i haven't seen the show in forever so like it was what
1: happened was was that we you know the we were the pandemic started and it's funny my job is not a work at home job i need an audience you know we when we go out and do stand-up dude we need an audience right yeah so because i have the sound stage i said well i told ray i said let's let's live stream some stuff so we live streamed a couple of shows and then we did, we wrote a couple of sketch shows, which we're gonna do another one coming up. And um, and people paid for them. So we got, we kind of survived, we got through it. And and then I said, I said, you know, I never got to end the show and I have all this free time. I'm home every day. Why don't I write a, a final episode of Titus? So I called Zach and Zach said, yes, cause Zach wasn't working. He's an actor, a Dave Shatra actor, you know, Cynthia actor, none of them are working. Yeah. I said if we do and I had a buddy of mine who um, was doing this thing called Enviro Shield, which he was basically spraying the room and killing all viruses. And we would do that every morning, so it cost us a little bit of money to do that. And I but I was like, Well, if we can if we can do this, will you guys do it? They said, Yeah, then I called Stacy Keats and Stacy Keach said, I I'd I love to But it's going to have to be after this pandemic is over because I'm not going to get sick. Stacy was 79, 80 at the time. Yeah. And I said, tell you what I'll do. I'll come up, I'll write you the way I write it, I'll write your scenes. So we can actually, I, I started thinking, how can we use it? And I talked to Zach and Zach said, what if we did, you remember that movie Prometheus? Cause Zach does shit like that. Zach will just go. Um, he'll bring up something from like, you know, that has, that seems totally unrelated. You're like, what the, f- Prometheus this is a sitcom. What the fuck are you talking about? He goes, do you remember the screen? On the, on the robot's face, it was like an iPad screen and they, they used his face for expression. He goes, what if dad was somewhere else and we had him on an iPad and, and or something and I was like, oh, shit, that's it. So and it was easy because I got there. So I thought, well, how do we get Stacy? What would make sense with the show? So right. Stacy, Stacy, I'm getting out of the mental hospital. So the thing was, I'm. it's eight years later, I'm getting out of the mental hospital. Dave has told Dad I'm getting out on this certain day, but he used the wrong calendar. He used the Paleo Pagan calendar instead of the normal fucking calendar because he's Dave, and uh, and Stacy has said, well, I'll, if he's coming out in a week, I'm gonna go burn out all my bad he bad Ken, and we are like, is that a, is there a good Ken? So he so Dad is basically in Mexico in a Mexican prison on his phone, and and he and he keeps interjecting. So and then Zach came up with this brilliant idea. And thank God for our prop master. He said, "What if we could get the get a mount to where the screen was right here?" Because we we used Stacy and we shot over his shoulder first, and then Zach goes, "I need to fix this." And then he built Robot Dad. He built that thing, and we our prop master built this amazing thing. And then what we did was we would we had a we had a remote. We had Ken was had a remote. So we I went. So here's what happened. I went to Stacy's Keats's house in Santa Barbara. I filmed everything I needed against a green screen. I filmed all of it. I had him. It was just you, though. Just me. Yeah, just me with Stacy, and I filmed everything with him, and told him what I wanted. And he was Stacy's such a fucking pro, and he did everything exactly right. And then uh, after we did that, uh, I had all this footage, and we we brought it down. And then uh, Ken hooked up the system where we could remote control the iPad. So what he so we would do is we would do the scene, and it took a minute to get the rhythm right. But we would do the scene, and then he would hit play, and then Stacy would speak on cue on the iPad. Wow. So it, it so it looked like he was there. Um, and then we did, uh, and even at the last scene, there's a scene where I talked to him on the iPad at the very end of this, because uh, it ended up being two episodes. We ended up it was 44 minutes long, and so that's two TV episodes. Yeah. And so i'd rehearsed with the ipad and the last scene we just let it run and i just rehearsed with what we already had we ran it as one thing and i rehearsed between it so i so it looks like i'm talking to stacy live yeah and 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 you and no one ever one no one ever once goes oh you can tell where it's fucked up they're just like how did you guys get stacy to do that i I'm, couldn't tell yeah, yeah. it's awesome right movie magic right
0: there yeah it was,
1: it was pretty cool <laughs> and then uh and we did you know the flashbacks we did we just shot on green screen and and uh, and I have to be honest, it's uh, and I paid the actors. I paid the actors. You know, uh, you know no one was making money, so everybody's happy to get a little bit of money. And then we put it up, and and we you know we didn't make a whole lot of money on it. it it's not like I think we paid we paid for the production and the actors, and I I think we made maybe five grand on the whole thing. Yeah. But that wasn't the point. The point was that people people were so. It's so funny because the real fans of the show. Were so freaked out about the, you know the the the, the big turn in it with with tommy and and, and and Aaron. They were they were like, "Oh my God, I can't believe that happened, And that's what had to happen. You're right. and and, and you know, and it, and it was uh, and at least you ended it, so it gives hope at the end. and it was just it was exactly what I wanted to do. And if anybody had any also, here's a good thing for me is that if anybody had any doubt that i did did or did not write the show, they're pretty sure that I wrote the show that 10, you know, I mean, we We had, we had great writers too, but I used to come in with the story ideas and stuff. And we had, by the way, the show had amazing writers. We had, we had 14 great guys, Jack and Brian, everybody on that show was a fucking monster. Um, so to do it by myself, was a little daunting and in fact I brought Patrick Megan in um who's one of the writers on the show and I sent him the script when I finished and he gave me like six good jokes he's like all right what if you said this here 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 and I was like oh dude day it's like you're on part of the show again it was pretty awesome
0: yeah nice and uh then uh so you've been training for the, the special then the pandemic happened uh right. the zero no, side effects
1: no, I was working on carrying monsters but it was called stories I shouldn't tell I was okay. working on that and then I had been doing like three I did like three months with it and then what happened was is that the pandemic happened so I kind of was it was in that weird stage when I write a show where I'm still looking at notes or I'm still you know doing whatever and what happened was is I just decided well I guess I can't I can't do this right now and since I wasn't doing stand-up anyway I just kind of put it aside and then, as the pandemic kind of started happening, and we were doing the Armageddon updates and stuff, I started to realize that I was building. If I just took the, if I just took the Armageddon, because white supremacy, we had Charlottesville, all this shit going on. And I'm like, well, I can just take this stuff that's happening, and I'll start to build a show. Because I, and out of necessity, I needed to build a show to pay my fucking bills. And I knew we had cameras, we had cameras for the for the live stream. I know I'll do my first, I'll do this next special live stream from the studio so i did it twice i did it twice in two years i did it twice once when it was really brand new and i did it again and we we live streamed we got a bunch of people to watch it and then when it was done i i told ray i said she goes you can go back to the other show and i go i need to finish this one you know it had gotten so it had gotten pretty good so i took it out on the road and it started killing, and and it oh, and it definitely pissed off some Trumpers. And so I thought, well, I have to do it now. Some people—that's when I know I got it right, man. When I right. got it, right, when like ninety percent of the people are hysterically laughing, and ten percent are like, "Fuck you!" I'm like, "All right, there you go. A little bit—that's the right amount of garlic in the show. All right." Yeah. So, uh, so then we filmed that, and we got that done. We filmed that, and uh, and then I, I I was like, "What do I do next?" And I, I was like, "Oh wait, I have, I have Karen Monsters, which wasn't called Carrying Monsters then." And I started rewriting it and adding stuff to it, and then that became this show, man. And and by the way, I just did your place down there in Huntington Beach, dude. That place, you've you've really turned that into a comedy room. It's a comedy room now. It's not, first oh. time I, was, I I didn't th- because by the way, the first time I broke in Carrying Monsters when it was called something else. You I did, did it
0: there,
1: there, yeah. I did it there. It was the first time I ever did it.
0: I was telling you that. And then like, you know, because like now when I saw it, it was like way more, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, this is going to be gold. And then the pandemic happened. So I didn't know if you were still using that same set and stuff. So I'm glad yeah. you stuck with it.
1: Well, I got to finish it. So it's weird because my first special was Norman Rockwell's Bleeding, which is where I thought I was pushing the envelope with my family material. And then now I'm I'm, you know, 20 years later. And because I was a four, I'm 20 years later and I'm doing um, carrying monsters, which is the real stories all the way down to my sister blowing her brains out and stuff. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's funny. I, Norman Rockwell seems so quaint compared to carrying monsters, you know, with the divorce and the losing the kids. And, and so it's interesting, man. I, I love doing comedy. I don't know what the, I don't know what the next one, is. I've, I've started writing ideas on my phone, but I don't know what the next one is.
0: Ah, oh, well, as long as it's not about your Asperger friend who begs you to do his, do his podcast
1: every <laughs> six months. <hours.
0: laughs> mm. but, uh, um, but no, I wanted to ask you, like, because I mean, I have some dark jokes too, but they're not like as dark as that. But how do you get away with that to make it funny too? Like, is there a way that you like trained yourself, you know, to to get it like that?
1: It's weird, man. I remember so years ago, I was on the road. I was at a club. I think it was. In, I think it was uh, Greenville, North of South Carolina, and. I was working with Jim Brewer, he was featuring at the time. When we went out, it was when you go had to go rent videos and you know, we didn't want to go hang out and stuff. So we would we started renting, we rented a bunch of comedy videos and we rented I think we rented like four or five Richard Pryor specials. Yeah. And we were sitting there watching him. There was a couple where we were literally on the floor hysterically laughing. And I watch I remember that week thinking, how is he doing a bit? about his heart attack or how is he doing a bit about setting himself on fire and 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 then years later I took the forum landmark forum and I and I, I got that anything's funny as long as you tell the truth about it you couldn't tell a bad story and lie about it cuz it, and it's weird the audience knows when you're lying they don't know like oh, oh yeah guy.
0: definitely yeah they, they
1: they don't know they don't know like aha that guy's lying but that collective conscience knows they're like Wow, he's not that funny. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't what you know? So, I, when I wrote Norman Rockwell, um, and and I wrote that in '95, '96. I think I wrote it in '96. Um, I decided because I was going to quit comedy. I I decided to just go for it. Just write the truth of what I had with me right now, and as angry as I could. And I explored. I went way angry for a while. Went super angry. I can still do that. But when I had to be when I first changed my act. Because I tried to make everybody like me before, but that's not who I am. You've met me. That's not yeah. I am. <laughs> not a guy that ever goes, yeah, that guy seems okay. Like, that guy is, is that guy going to be my friend or is he going to punch me? Is he going to punch me or is it, are we okay? Yeah. So what happened was, was I wrote Norman Rockwell and really explored how I really felt about stuff. And here's how you write. Excuse me, I hadn't eaten today, sorry. No, no, don't worry. Here's how you write comedy edgy and honest you can't be in it you can't write it from in it like, like I could never write the bit about my dad or, or my divorce I couldn't write the bit about my divorce without being over it right so my divorce is over I've got Rachel who's my new wife who's amazing I've continued to make money I continue to pay off lawyers I'm, I'm fine I drive a Tesla I live in a house on a golf course I'm fine so I in my head, I've, I've not forgiven my wife, but I've, I've moved past it, my ex-wife, I've moved past it. So now I can see it as absurd. Like if you're mad about your Asperger's, if you're mad about it, it's gonna be a lot harder to write about it.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: You know, But if you can see how silly it is and how absurd it is and how it makes you a little different and what's the upside of that, and you start approaching it from that angle you're giving people an insight into something that they didn't have. So when I talk about my divorce, my dark family, my, you know, my mom take me to bars when I was four. Um, if I saw that, if I wrote that from an angry place, it would never have been funny. It would sound like a fucking, like a group therapy session. They'd be like, Oh my God, he needs help. Yeah. Because I step outside of it, I write it like I'm a four-year-old in a bar. And what do kids, what do fours do? They find a place to play. It doesn't matter where they are. They can be, you know, they can be literally at Chernobyl and they'll figure out what to do. Uh, they'll, they'll start playing. So when I wrote it from what happened that night, and ha- from, the, from the eyes of a four-year-old, it was a lot easier. And you have to be honest, man. You can write the darkest. That's why Pryor got over on, on, his, on setting himself on fire freebasing because he didn't. He didn't say it wasn't my fault. He didn't say, you guys don't know what addiction's about. Uh, he, he said, he basically said, I know these jokes you motherfuckers are telling about me, which means he was part of the joke. You yeah. know, he talked about setting himself on fire. And, and, the, and the fire jumped on you. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, that whole bit about him setting himself on fire is he's not in it. He's not in it. He's not. He's not talking from Richard Pryor, he's explaining it in a funny way to us. So, but he's dead honest about what happened. So you gotta be dead honest and you can't be in it. You can't write the bit from inside the pain of the bit. Like if he wrote it, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's kind of actually like that makes a lot of sense because I remember, you know, uh, Norm, he had a big cancer joke. It was like 20 minutes long.
1: Yeah, you gotta have a uh, battle with cancer. Yeah. He's winning but, losing his battle with cancer. <laughs> yeah,
0: but then, like, you realize, you know, I mean, I didn't know it at the time when he was, you know, doing that material, but now it makes sense that he's living through that, but he doesn't want the people to know he has it, so he's, like, making jokes about it.
1: Norm, man, it's weird, man, because it, it's so funny. I always love Norm. I remember the first time we went on Letterman, he was doing, hey, I got a bunch of body parts, trapped him in a bag. I remember that first, and I remember – that was a long time ago man that wasn't wasn't that in the late 80s and early 90s and he was so good and nobody was doing what norm norm had a way you were good friends with him but he was said he had such an interesting way of thinking about shit. did he have cancer when he wrote that cancer bit i mean they
0: said he had it for 10 years i mean i found (laughs) out he had it six months before he died so i didn't know how long he had it but (laughs) um but yeah so, like, that's what I'm assuming. And uh, I do remember one time Norm tweeted, and this actually involves you, Norm, when Trump won uh, for president, Norm tweeted, oh, we should all forgive him and give him a chance or something. And then you retweeted, you're like, you're asking us to do the impossible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way, that's one thing about Trump. No matter When people said that, when Chappelle went on, on SNL and he was like, you know, yeah. I'm going to give him a shot. You're going to give the fucking joke guy who fucking poured, like, champagne on a Rolls-Royce emblem in a porn video? You're going to give that guy a shot? There's some people you don't fucking give a shot to. You know, you don't give the guy – it's funny to me because Trump, in his in his 20s, was literally in, uh, uh, brought up on charges for him and his dad for not letting minorities live in their apartment buildings. The guy's a fuck. He's been a fuck forever. And that people continue to buy his bullshit stuns me. <laughs> stuns me. So when even Norm tweets it, I'm like, dude, come on. I remember I,
0: I was with him when you retweeted it and we looked at it and Norm's like, that's a funny joke.
1: <laughs> oh, good. <That's laughs> so, And I
0: also think like, I also think like you're the best on Twitter because people, you know, although you're serious, but you're also tweeting in a joking way. You know what I mean? Where like, you're, 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 I don't think you're viciously trying to attack people.
1: You know what I mean but they go after me you know i, I get them out a fighter so if you go after me like all right yeah loser you fucking lose your career over i'm like ah uh, first of all uh no one knows you bro no one like like what did you have a career because like so i'll start like just asking like did you okay what have you done exactly uh i don't know you tell you what i'll make it easy for you blocked and i just i i would just fucking, um twitter i stopped going to you know i think elon musk is kind of it was already a cesspool But it's like he brought in a backhoe and just made a much bigger cesspool. You know, he just made, you know, we had an outhouse and it was, and we all kind of went there and it was kind of, we all knew it was shitty. And then he brought in a fucking, like a, a, like a sewage treatment plant and decided to turn off the sewage treatment. It's just sewage now. (laughs) I saw, I saw someone get like a dead body on it. Someone there was, a, there was this, at first it was like at car accidents. And then I noticed that I was, uh, I followed it for a second. And then I will notice that it was actually car accidents for people died. And then yeah. the video run and I'm like, I can't watch this. Well,
0: it kind of, I mean, I think Twitter kind of went downhill when they started charging for the blue check mark, because, yeah. because one, I think a check mark if you earned it you earned it you know what i right. mean i don't I think you
1: 12, should... i spent 12 years building that many followers yeah
0: yeah i don't think you need to pay for i mean that i just don't believe in that so like yeah i could get a blue check mark now but i didn't earn it you know
1: what i mean right, right. so what he did was he took something that took us years to build and develop and made it so it made it totally meaningless and it's worked out so well for him i mean if you look at the last uh, what valuation of twitter it's a third of what he paid for it <laughs> 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 which means he he's lost like 30 million dollars or 18 million 26 million billion dollars but how fucked up it is that he has so much money that he could lose 26 billion and be like yeah i'm all right
0: well he probably doesn't know he's lost it you know what I mean that's
1: what exactly. I'm exactly. so
0: it's like uh and uh you know what the weird is is like uh i no longer have asperger's i have elon musk disease
1: yeah right. you- <laughs> you're a genius now you're a genius i'm a quirky genius that's what <laughs> i am i don't have asperger's i'm a quirky genius
0: yeah i'm just gonna burn twitter to the ground and be like oh, all <laughs> right <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're taking you're taking this podcast from three thousand listeners down to a thousand. That's what you're doing, because uh, you're 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 a quirky genius. It's weird, man. It's funny. We were talking about how people tell the truth about stuff, and there's an interesting there's an interesting thing happened recently that I want to bring up, and I just thought of it, and it's someone who I fucking love. It's a comic who I think is a fucking certified genius. Literally, I think he's one of the best storytellers. I think he's one of the funniest storytellers. And the interesting thing about it was, remember what I said about prior being dead honest?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and 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 I think I am in my comedy. I really work hard to find the pure truth, so I because you know, like I'm gonna be sappy and give you here's my life lesson at the end. You know me. I'm a. That's I'm a one pain of
0: pain. the things I love about you, though,
1: is because like
0: you you bring in the truth and you can make it funny like that. So like.
1: Right. Hold on. Something's going, mate. What just turned Yeah. Something, that was weird. Something just turned on. That's weird.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you um, have a ghost in your studio? Yeah, yeah,
1: I do now. I guess. So here's what happened: is uh no, it's Elon Musk listening. Is what it was. He <laughs> fucking connected. He's fucking Wi-Fi'd into our to this to this thing right now. Every, he's got a thing at home. Whenever you mention Twitter and how much money lost, it just goes and then fucking he just goes click. This motherfucker. That's what happened. So. Uh, so so there's a comic that, that had a big thing happen, a big giant thing happen in his life, and and I, I couldn't wait for the special. I heard he was doing a special about it, and it came on Netflix, and I watched it. It was Mulaney. And, and, and by the way, Mulaney's fucking certified genius. Honestly, John Mulaney, there's so many comics that I can quote, but not a whole lot I can or care to quote from the last maybe 15 years. There's yeah. some good stuff, you know. It's all Carlin. It's all, you know. Mulaney's one of those guys and and, and that and Berbiglia I love what Berbiglia does and and but who's just so fucking good and I couldn't wait for this special about his addiction and when it came out I don't know it seemed to me and I'd love to talk to Mulaney about this I'd love to have my podcast because I'd like to figure out like it it almost seemed like he kind of didn't go all the way into it did you see the special no to
0: be honest I'm not a big Mulaney fan though
1: Oh, you—he's—you you go his earlier stuff, man. If you—you got—if you listen to, um, listen to Salt and Pepper Diner, and when you hear, because you—you know, you, you know, you write good comedy and stuff, you understand it. Listen to Salt and Pepper Diner. It's this bit where him and his buddy go to this diner when they were like teenager twelve, and they plugged in the jukebox and they put in twenty one plays of, um, What's New Pussycat by Tom Jones, and then they sat down and to see what would happen. And it, fuck it, it comes apart, dude. It, the, the whole diner's like, what the fuck? Like the third play, they're like, what the fuck is going on? And so it's it's a, you got to listen to it. Mulaney, Mulaney, Mulaney's a real, 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 really, really genius. And then him him and Nick Kroll did that play. They're just geniuses. But I always thought that I, when I saw the new special, my wife said it, we were watching it, and she goes, because we both love Mulaney, and she said, wow, she goes, he seems still angry that they, that they made him go to rehab uh, you know it, it yeah. there, there wasn't a uh it, it's almost like uh there was no there was no release in it and, and by the way i think Mulaney's again i'm gonna say it clearly mm-hmm. a genius and and anybody who wants to, to say shit about my comedy specials please bring it up i would so argue with you about it or agree with you mm-hmm. um, um but i think as comics i i think so many comics get so weird about talking about other comics but i think it's our job it's our job as comics to kind of police each other. And when I started comedy, it was like that. If you did shitty comedy, when I started in San Francisco, if you got up on stage and you talked about if you did racial shit, or if you did, you know, pussy jokes, or if you did butt fucking jokes, there was a guy and I called him recently, this guy named Hutch that used to run the open mic at the punchline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He would, you'd get off stage after doing a set like that. And he'd go, you can't get on the, uh, on the on the list for a month. And why he goes, because that's what you're doing is bullshit. We've been doing, comics have been doing that shit forever. Come up with something new and original and I'll put you back on the list. And we don't have that anymore, man. We have this, this weird gunslinger fucking Wild West internet where anybody, anybody who's got like four dick jokes and a racial comment can fucking get 700,000 views. And then next it's thing. and then I next- think that's
0: sad though.
1: You know, and I, I think oh it's it's really sad for comedy and will, uh, but here's the problem so here's the problem with comedy music whether you're four years old or you're uh, eighty four years old a good song will come out and you go oh that's a good song comedy is really generational the hard part is comedy comedy never travels comedy really is basically even cosby even cosby kind of sounds old now if cosby wasn't a rapist i would say cosby stuff still plays um, but even then it still does feel quaint it feels like an older version of comedy Um so what happens with comedy? So you've got a new generation that has their decade of comedy. You have, you know, you, when 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 Carlin was out, it was, it was coming out coming out of the '60s and the '70s, where people were like, "Yeah, we are thinkers, and we all went to college, and Reagan hasn't fucked up our education system yet." So they loved Carlin, and then Robin Williams came out. You know, Carlin Williams hit, and then you had all these guys who loved Williams. It was still smart, but it was wicked fast, and Robin was doing impressions. So so Robin Williams changed comedy. And then robin became an actor and kind of moved on and then we had dice came in now here's where here's my point when dice came in those jokes that dice was doing are old as fuck. they're old as fuck. they're dirty but dice did something brilliant he became a character that was that if dice had just got up in a jacket with the sleeves pushed up and done that act he never would have got any, but because he walked down with this fucking shiny leather jacket, he looked like Fonzie, and he's fucking just fucking spewing this angry shit like a hoodlum from whatever era that is. It looked new, but the jokes themselves, and you know, and I think I, I think it, Dice would say it's a char- It was always a character. It was always a character. Yeah. Uh, um. So then you have also, so you you had these, so you had a new generation that loved dice and they were young people. Well, now you've got these other new guys coming out, these bro comics, that you've got this new generation that doesn't, has never heard those dick jokes before. They've never heard those racial jokes before. So they're hearing them for the first time. I've been around since I started in 83. So, right. I've been around so fucking long. I, when I see some of these new guys doing the same shit I've seen since 83, I go, that's a fucking hack. Like, we used to, guys would get kicked off the open mic for doing that. But now, no, no. but now those guys get 700,000, 2 million views on this horrible racist shit because the new generation, and what'll happen, it, it always happens, that audience will get smarter about comedy. They'll they'll drag out patents you know werewolves and lollipops. Someone go you should listen to this and they'll go holy shit this is totally different and you know, and they'll drag out someone will give them you are know, all diseased by Carlin and once they realize oh that's the thing about comedy audiences comedy audiences have to mature because yeah. to become good comedy audiences. Well, and- it's also
0: the same with comics too because like for example. Uh, if I were to ask you, uh, Titus, who's who's your four Mount Rushmore comics? I'm
1: sure you would say Pryor and Carlin for two for sure, right? Robin and then Robin, Robin, Robin. when he started, and then I would go, man, man, it's weird. <laughs> I'd have to give it an asterisk because because he has because he's a rapist, but storytelling Cosby say what you about Cosby man Cosby my, dude I even have a Cosby cadence like, terrible
0: person I, I, great comic though yeah if I you tell people
1: I, mean? I go to, I'll tell comics go listen to my show I go he goes why do you like Cosby I go I, he goes I, is, you don't seem to be like Cosby at all I go oh oh you're wrong I go listen to my show and I go my father. Came in with my stepmother and it's fucking, and people go, holy shit, that's a Cosby cadence. So I still have that. Yeah. Um, so those would be the four I would put on. And there's there's some there's some, there's some, some really honorable mentions I'd put up there. Um, but go ahead, finish what you were going to say.
0: Oh, so what I was going to say is, um, so like if you were to ask me, you know, I've been doing stand-up for 16, 17 years. I right. wouldn't say right. any of those names. I would say Cosby, but I would say Norm, obviously, because- uh, Norm. You know, he changed the game for me. I would put you on it because just how your style is. I mean, you have 11 specials. And then I would put Harlan Williams on it.
1: (laughs) Harlan, oh my God. But those are like you just listed and I'm taking me out of it because I'm just, I'm I'm more like a, like if I could, if I could pick who I would want to be, and and I'm not talking popularity, but I'm talking about how I write because I have 10 specials. I've got 10 finished. I'm working on my 11th. I would want to be Springsteen. Or, or prince a guy that just kept putting it out fucking here you go and, and, and like i think people know when they when they when i finally put something out they're like okay i don't know what it's gonna be about it may piss me off but it's not gonna suck yeah you know yeah. And, and, uh harland you pick it's interesting norman harland uh that you pick norman Harlan. those guys so here's two things that norman Harlan had to do and my wife called it my wife nailed it you know ray does comedy now too she nailed this Harlan um and norm did tooth did, did a something so when norma get on stage norm had his own language and and if you and you probably work with norm uh i mean where for the first three minutes norm's not killing they're free. no no he's bombing but he gets yeah, right and same with harlan i've seen <laughs> harlan go up sometimes and for the first three minutes people are like i showed my son my son my son wants to try to stand up and and i showed him i go we were talking about how and why and i said I said, you you have to have the balls to do something where you, you, that you're actually setting them up to fail. You have to, you have to, and he goes, what? And I go, let me show you Harlan Williams. And Ray called it. Harlan and Norm spent three minutes or four minutes Teaching the audience their language, and the second the audience understood their language, they They're were the funniest, yeah. They were fucking in, you know. Harlan's like, How's it going, buddy? How's it going? Give me my, my little cabbage banana smoothie, and like, <laughs> What? And then, and then, and then, like, you'll see, but we speak the language, we know, we know Harlan's language, so we're like, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but imagine not knowing that and have some guy get up and go, How's it going, my cabbage banana smoothie? And what the fuck is this guy talking? My son stood here. As I played Harlan and goes, oh, fuck, what the fuck? And then three minutes in, he starts laughing. Yeah, he starts laughing. So you and, and Norm did the same thing. I remember remember when uh, my one of my favorite Norm clips is when he was on Conan. It was it's really fun to watch Norm like with Conan because Conan, you can tell how much a how much Conan loves Norm, but also. Conan's a really fucking smart guy. Conan's yeah. really, really funny and really smart. Conan, Conan, I always think is thinking far beyond, you know. But do you remember uh, your dirty dog? You remember that thing he did, your dirty dog, uh, that Norm did on, on guesting on Conan? He told uh-huh. this really, he told this really long story. Was it the moth joke? I think it, i think it was the moth joke
0: I, I drove him to conan on that day
1: <laughs> but, but but again again that jo- i'm watching the for the first three minutes i'm like what the fuck is he doing <laughs> and and you remember what he did on the roasts when he did the roast and he read those really bad jokes and he did them balls out remember Yeah. And, the, it, yeah. and all of a sudden the comics are hysterical but the audience is like what the fuck? yeah because the comics we all knew norm uh, in his comedy so we all spoke his language so that's why they laughed but the audience was like what the fuck is he doing and <laughs> and and the, the the great thing is to watch norm's joy in watching the audience go what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he enjoyed it
0: didn't he enjoy it Oh, definitely i mean <laughs> and see like you know when we were talking about writing jokes because like i'm trying to write Oh, no! i'm trying to write 15 or 20 minutes about what was like working with him but like it's like you said i'm not really over it to really get that funny you know what i mean and i think you saw that at the rec room where i had i had clips of it being really funny and then i had clips of i'm not quite there yet you know what i mean
1: well, that just keep going for it and, and, and when you find a place that's really hard to talk about um put it aside or put it near the end because you should write this to honor Norm, if you're gonna do that, I, my, in my opinion, and this is just me just fucking bullshit, me just like no one gives a fuck about my opinion, but I would write, I would write the bit about the the weird shit that you got to do with Norm because we all love, cause, cause Norm's mind was so bizarre, man. Like I remember reading his golf shit, like on Twitter, like what the fuck is he doing, like not knowing, like what's he, he's he's live tweeting golf. donald is live tweeting golf and i'm like i and i I was weirdly interested in it one Um, of the funniest
0: nights i ever had we did south point casino and south point isn't on the strip so i used to head
1: yeah it's it's all i call it almost vegas it's almost Vegas. so
0: we had to walk to the strip and it was like i don't know a 25-minute walk maybe It's
1: it's a long ass way
0: yeah so we walked to the strip and as we're and as we're on the strip we're seeing all the, this is like 3 a.m. In the, in the morning where all these like street hookers are out and Norm would go up to every lady, you know, by herself and be like, excuse me, are you a lady of the night?
1: <laughs> are you a lady of the night? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <it's> like, <laughs> Titus, he was
0: doing this all the way down the strip. It was just hilarious. What was
1: their reaction?
0: Uh, I mean, some of them said, hey, you want a date or something like that. But he did it to everyone. You know, like it was just so funny because it was, you were like, how could this get funnier after every single
1: time? <laughs> because uh, Norm didn't care, man. I, I mean, I told my son, I said, I said, if you want to do comedy, man, you have to find a way to access your I don't give a fuck. And Norm, Norm had no issues with that. Remember that one he told, remember the joke he told on Conan where he goes, he goes, uh, he goes. This guy guy comes. Guy goes to the doctor. His wife's in a coma, and he says, "Doctor," he goes. He goes. Uh, he goes. She's in a coma. I don't know what to do. And he said, "Well, maybe maybe you should try oral sex to wake her up." And he goes, "What? What are you talking about? What? I was like, what? That seems kind of odd." No, try it. It might wake her up. Uh, okay, and, and guy goes in the room, comes back five minutes later. Doc, and he goes, "Did it work?" He goes, uh, "No, doc. She's choking and Conan, Conan." Conan, you see Conan just cover like <laughs> Conan's shaking. He's shaking, laughing, and aware that Norm just did this on television. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, joking. Uh, Norm, Norm was. Uh, it's funny we've. You know, I've been around so long, and we've lost so many good guys. I mean, and uh, 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 Geral. I mean, when I hear Geral, like Geraldo, I listen to Geraldo. I will listen to Comedy Central sometimes on a long trip, and I will listen to Geraldo, and I'll, I'll just be like. Same with Patrice where I'm like, yeah. fuck, what a shame. Fuck. Like, could we kill some unfunny guys, please? Like, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> maybe we're not hearing about those, but Patrice, <laughs> Patrice and Geraldo, uh, Mitch, I, 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 listened to cause Mitch had his own language too.
0: Mitch was great. He'd probably uh, be on my mountain.
1: Yeah. Gerald again, but you like guys see, and yeah. I mean, that might be asked, but you like guys that's, that they have to train the audience to speak their language. Mm-hmm. Me, I just want I, I want to be Carlin. I just want to get up and just go boom, boom. I want to. I want. I always wanted to. I always. I I saw. Here's the thing. I saw Leno years ago. People always give Leno shit for you know. They're just like, oh, he was on the Tonight Show. Isn't that funny? And I go, do you guys know why he got the to Tonight He's Young Comics? I want to go. Do you understand how Leno got the Tonight Show? He was the baddest motherfucker that you've ever seen. Yeah. Some people say uh, I tell you two stories about Leno real quick because because I also respect. Anybody that can, anybody, dude, anybody that can get up on stage and do this is my hero. I, I don't even care if you suck. If you had the balls to walk on stage and you made a room full of strangers laugh, a you fucking you you have the psycho of a serial killer. But b, <laughs> you do, man. I've said this before. The the comics have to be the most delusional human beings on the planet. It's it it's it's serial killer level. Dude, you have to walk on stage and think you're the smartest person in the room. You're the funniest person in the room. You're the most charismatic person in the room, and everybody's gonna like you in 15 seconds. That's Ugh. psychotic. <laughs> That's psychotic. <laughs> but Leno, I saw Leno years ago. I had managed when I was like 18. I was 19, maybe 19. I'd been doing comedy for mm, almost a year, maybe. And my manager took me to go see Leno and Marin, and you gotta remember this is '84. So Leno was at the peak of his powers. He was on, you know, he was on Letterman all the time, and he was ah, you're right. he was just. And people go, oh, you know, he's so soft. And I go, Leno used to walk on stage. His opening joke was, he walks on stage and he goes, he goes. He, they clap the place goes nuts and he walks he goes so uh, you guys I uh, hear mother, uh, I hear that uh, Nancy Reagan uh, got uh, woman of the year and the audience claps and he goes ah thank god she beat that mother teresa bitch that was his opening joke he didn't even say hi he just and i and and then he did another thing later on where he was real socially relevant he goes you guys heard about the that live aid and they clap and he goes hey you heard farm aid yeah and we Are the world yeah and he goes it's great isn't it and they clap and he goes any of you guys heard of voting and it was like it was like it was poignant, and it made a point. And then years later, he did my benefit. I did a benefit. I, had a, I have a kids' charity called um, Insight Youth Project, and he did the benefit. And he was it was on the tonight. He was you know he's on the Tonight Show still, and he did the benefit. And here's how good a dude Leno is. Not only did he do the benefit, which sold a bunch of tickets at the benefit, he hands me a check for ten thousand bucks for the charity. Now he's oh probably, my god. He'd probably be pissed I told you that, but that's the kind of dude Leno is. Oh, that's awesome. And so we're sitting there and, you know, him and I, him and I have a weird relationship in, in a sense that I, I, when my divorce happened, I ran into him at a car show and I just unloaded on him. And to this day, he remembers it. <laughs> it's like, like I was such a douchebag. But anyway, so Leno's backstage. And he
0: didn't ask for the 10 grand back.
1: No, he did not. Thank God. Uh, so we're at the, uh, we're at the benefit and, uh, and, and, oh, John Lovitz happened to be on stage. John Lovitz had just started doing comedy. Just started. Oh, yeah. And Lovitz was like, you know, he's Lovitz. He's fucking Lovitz can just get on stage and be Lovitz, and he's just you're gonna like Lovitz. But Lovitz is doing this, this these pussy licking jokes. He's doing like he's like he's like so I'm down between her legs, you see, and and, and he's doing these and 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 I'm backstage. I'm seeing it, and it, here's the show. It was me, MCing Lovitz, Bill Maher, and Leno. That was the show. No. And so, so he's on stage. So love it. And Leonard turns to me and goes, eh, ah, so it's a kids' charity, huh? I guess pussy licking jokes, what are you going for on this, Titus? And I was like, and I go, man, I go, I go, I go, I mean, I guess he's being edgy. I go, you were edgy? He goes, yeah, you know why I stopped being edgy? I go, why? he goes, $32 million a year. That's why I stopped being edgy. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's a good reason to stop being edgy. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I uh, I have a Lovitz story that also involves Norm, but then I want to ask you two questions that I got on Twitter. So I w- I didn't open the show; I was just hanging out with Norm, and it was at a casino with with him and Lovitz. And the MC is he, he he's like while well, one comics on the stage, he goes up to Norm Lovitz. He's like, okay, who wants to go first? And Lovitz is like, I'll go first. F- first, Norm could follow me. And, Nor- and Norm, and Norm, but it just looks at me yeah. like it gives me the, the the look. You know what I mean? Oh no!
1: So did Norm, so <laughs> Norm? Did Norm have a look where like, oh fuck, this is about to go bad?
0: No, yeah. So Lovitz <laughs> goes on stage, and Keith, and Norm goes. He's like Keith, you should go outside and see how easy it is to follow Lovitz.
1: <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah, was- Norm. Norm was, uh, Hitler's dog. Like Norm, I, 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 it's interesting. Do you know why you knew him a little better? Why did he not tell anybody that he had cancer?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, cool. here's how I found out. And I've actually never said this on a podcast or anything. So I, we were supposed to go see mortal Kombat. So I called Norm. He didn't pick up and Norm always had this thing. Like if you don't hear from me in three or four text messages, you know, uh, Call me until I pick up. Like that was his thing because he knew about my social disorder and stuff. So like, you know, he said keep right, bugging right, me
1: right. until oh, I. Oh, that's cool. So, he, so deep. So Norm was a nice human being. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I called him and he wasn't picking up. And then 18, you know, calls later, he FaceTimes me and and his he he's like in the hospital. His hair is bald and stuff. And I was like, Norm, what's going on? He's like, Oh, he said I uh, I gotta tell you this, but you guys swear you won't tell anyone. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I, I have cancer and I'm beating it. So I can't go see Mortal Kombat with you today. And I was like, oh, okay. And, but like how he said it, he said it like he was actually beating it. You know, he told me it was colon cancer, but the, the autopsy report said leukemia. So I don't know. Right. I don't know the difference, but I just remember it was the most heartbreaking call but when he told me that he's going to be okay and we'll we'll see Mortal Kombat in a couple of weeks, like that yeah. kind of made me feel like okay, if he says he's beating it, he's beating it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, he wasn't a complainer, obviously. obviously. Yeah. So it was it was. I, I remember when it happened. I was I I didn't know Norm. I didn't know Norm. And and I but but I but my wife and I it's like he was one of our favorites to watch, and it happened. I remember him being like knocked out, like. Uh, I didn't know Robin Williams either. I met Robin twice, but I, but I never knew him. And, and like, there's certain people that man, they they give you so much extra with what they do, um, that you're just like, what? Well, it was it was it was hard. Norman Norman was, Norm was hard. Geraldo was a hard one too. In fact, I was there. I was I was I went to that club two weeks after Geraldo died. Yeah. And I went down and checked in the hotel. I go, you're not giving me the room that Geraldo died in, right? <laughs> Yeah. I I said that to the lady at cuz my wife was with me cuz Ray was with me she goes I don't want to stay in the room that Geraldo died and I'm like that's a good. that's valid yeah or maybe J- we- John
0: Pennette was one that really hit me cuz I, I I never worked with him but I got the the job to MC for him on at Ontario and he died the week before
1: like, motherfucker he did that yeah. that sucks
0: yeah so I I was like so excited like I even You know, I was telling everybody and stuff. So I was really bummed by that because I thought, like I said, I never met him, but I loved his comedy and he just seemed like he was such a great guy.
1: Yeah, he was he was uh, another guy who could just he could get you the the word is peals of laughter. Like he would get people laughing in the audience so hard because it just kept going. It just kept going. Uh, You go now. He just kept screaming it. And I remember seeing him. I was at the Improv or something, watching him on stage one night. uh, And and he was it was it was amazing. It was amazing how he he would abuse an he would abuse an audience, just fucking abuse them. Well, let's get to these uh, Twitter questions
0: because I want to respect your time. Uh, Twitter question number one, Titus, are you scared about the future of comedy?
1: Of nah, it'll it it always it always finds its level. It always will. There'll be what'll happen is, um, whereas Mulaney got real famous with its, with great storytelling, um, um, it, it'll it'll find its level. Someone will come out of the blue who's amazing, and it'll change comedy again. You know, it, it'll. I, I'm I am afraid. I'm afraid of a lot of low quality people getting a lot of fame right now with dick jokes and shit that I've heard since I started you know i mean when i started comedy you had to be you know robin was quoting shakespeare robin was you know he was doing stuff about like he uh, like like formulas he was referencing einstein what einstein's he robin was doing references same like patton i love patton too because patton will bring up stuff that you certain comics make you smarter carlin made you smarter robin made you smarter i think patton makes you smarter um there's guys that you watch and then there's a whole this whole there's a new group of bro guys that fucking don't they're just fucking they just don't it's just shit we've all heard for 20 30 years and i know people are going to say "Oh, fucking titus thinks he knows but hey fuck all you i've been doing this for 40 fucking years i've been doing this for 40 fucking years so if you have a problem with what my opinion good have your own opinion i don't give a shit but but comedy will find its way. You know, Geraldo, Patrice, you know, there's all, and Attell. Attell is so fucking, people always go, yeah, but Attell's dirty. I go, yeah, but Dave Attell is probably one of the best joke writers you've ever seen. Dave Attell, uh, um, because there's exceptions to every rule. Dave Attell is dirty, but he's never offensive. Attell will, will, will take you on this road and then just like just take this right turn that you go what he's like he's like the uh, uh you know the fry later girl's retarded but those titties ain't retarded and, and my <laughs> wife and her hysterical and those other guys are just dirty and they think they're doing david tell them they're not um yeah. Geraldo Geraldo was so fucking smart patrice another guy who patrice had a way of walking through any subject in an unusual way, like well, great comics do it. He he would take. Remember, there's a bit he does about um, if my mama was gonna be killed unless I spelled the word restaurant. I, I don't I don't know what I could... <laughs> And he starts doing <laughs> he starts doing this bit with the guys holding his mom hostage. Spell him, motherfucker! And he's like, oh, okay, all right, all right, come on don't hurt her. Uh, R E S T. Now there's an O there's an L R Uh, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm trying. And and it's weird. He's negotiating with these hostage guys about... And all he's got to do is spell restaurant, and he can't do it. And and that's an interesting way of, instead of a comic just going man. Anyone have a problem with the word restaurant? Huh? You know you know everybody sitting there. Your, your phone doesn't even know how to spell it. Like that's like a comic would like a stand up comedian would do it. Some guys I think transcend it, and I think Patrice was one of those guys. And that's why we was sad when we lost some of these guys. Mitch had a weird way of looking at shit. Mitch yeah. had a weird way where like like none of us ever thought of shit the way Mitch thought of shit.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I was I did, thinking- so, so to answer the
1: question, which I did for half a fucking hour, because I don't know how to <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, uh, yeah, comedy will find its level. It'll work it out. It, it, it happened during Mark Twain. It happened in Shakespeare. It'll find its way. We'll find our out of it.
0: Uh, I was thinking when you were talking about Bill Cosby, I was thinking of a joke that might not be funny, but <laughs> but you you remember when Bill Cosby got arrested? What if he was in the
1: same jail as Vince Champ? <laughs> well, they no one been, would had, get that but they had something to talk about they would have something to talk about <laughs> Both funny they, raiders, they, so... they would be like wait a minute you so you weren't roofing them see the way I give them the drugs was so when they woke up they weren't sure you uh were just sitting in the room with the piano and they knew exactly who you were see now you got to give them the drugs let me t- let me tell you young boy you got to get when you're gonna do the raping You've got to give the people the drugs, okay? That so would I mean and Vince Champ just being like, "Listen, okay, all right, Mr. Cosby." Is he still in jail?
0: Oh yeah, but see, only comics would know that. I don't think average folk would know yeah. who Vince Champ is. But uh, oh, two
1: people. Vince Champ was a guy that was touring the country, uh, and he was going to colleges and raping. Uh, he was going. He did a lot of it in the music rooms. He'd go to the music rooms where girls were practicing. A piano whatever uh, by themselves and he and he got in trouble for a, a couple right it was more than yeah. one
0: yeah, yeah like like it, it was like every single town or whatever <laughs> uh
1: so these so not so causing people like well you also were a serial rapist but you just didn't do the best the way you should have done the raping uh, uh
0: so this one uh titus how about average a year how many dvds of killer clowns do you sign
1: <laughs> I'm about 10 and i hate it. i always write i always write fuck you titus because it was my first movie it's my first movie and and i'm in it and i don't i didn't know anything about acting and i got right. them and i i'm only in three scenes uh the cool thing about those guys the guys that directed that movie we did our prince party uh which you're definitely invited to next time we throw it um the the kiato brothers came to the party the guys oh cool it. it was really cool yeah
0: That's actually like a a cult classic film now, though. Like a lot of people like it. So, yeah. And then this question is actually for me. Uh, When you were doing comedy and you started headlining out, what what year did you realize, hey, okay, I don't really I don't need to worry about sales. I just could worry about, you know, being funny because I'm at that point where I got to worry about ticket sales for my career.
1: sometimes. I I worry about every week. It never goes away i okay. i will tell you this uh okay a quick story uh, uh everybody worries about it constantly um so we were we went to the sports arena in 07 on the magic tour for springsteen it, it was the, the album that had a radio nowhere on it and uh, it was a sports arena, and I think the sports arena sold held, held, had twenty eight sold had twenty seated twenty eight thousand seven hundred or something like that. Springsteen had sold twenty six thousand five hundred tickets, and Neil's Lofgren told me that Springsteen was pissed that he didn't sell it out. Wow! Yeah. You guys, uh, can you imagine, man, I can't believe I, did, oh, oh, man, I, I didn't, I didn't sell, I only sold 26,000. God damn it. Yeah. I wish I would love to have that problem. So um, you will never not worry about it. I, you know, on this new tour carrying monsters, there's never, you know, who do, I, I think Chappelle probably doesn't worry about it, but I will bet you this, I'll bet you if Dave books a giant arena and tickets are slow and he hears about it, it, it you can't, man. We were raised with it. It's in our DNA. Yeah. The first time you got a gig and you headline they go, Well you didn't do it you didn't do that many people. It's just something that's programmed in us. How did I do? Whether you're doing five fifty seats or you're doing five thousand seats or fifteen thousand seats you know um and the problem is like yeah uh, like nate bargazzi's killing it killing it then he sold like some arena he did like the record ticket sales thirteen thousand nine hundred tickets yeah and, and he's great he's great i get why people love nate and uh
0: and he was bummed he didn't get 14.
1: right i'll, so. I'll bet you i'll bet you <laughs> Or next time or the next time he goes back let's say next year he goes back to that arena only only and he only does 12.5 <laughs> He's gonna be, he's gonna be as upset as nate bargatti gets which is be like huh i didn't do that many okay mm-hmm. but but i'm just saying but that's so you never you it's our job man you know i mean do, does does the guys does the guys at apple the designer at apple you know does he like well we were apple Fuck it we'll just put anything out nope we're like how are we doing how many of those did we sell no this is it's not it's our fucking job, man. I, re- I think about it all the time. I actually had a conversation with my wife. I go, what are the tickets looking like in Nashville right now? I'll be in Nashville, by the way, in a couple of weeks.
0: All right. Uh, where, and then the final question, where can the folks at home follow and support you?
1: Go to christophertitus.com. By the way, people, during COVID, I had eight specials done at that time. I put them all up at christophertitus TV. There's ads in them, but you guys can watch them for free. I just put up zero side effects. If you don't want to watch them with ads, you can go to christophertitus.com, click through, and you can buy them. Um, but you want them for free with ads, or you can go, you buy them. It's like four bucks, um, uh, or you can get all of them. Uh, but uh, and then go, please go to Amazon uh, uh, and watch a uh, special. Unit. Did you like special? You know, what did you think? of the movie. I mean we I was, did it, we did it for 375 man I, mean, I, I I get that some of the production's a little bit you know I thought
0: it was great only because I know I'm gonna be in the sequel.
1: Yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yo Asperger's uh, get over here that's <laughs> all right uh
0: I'm gonna end the podcast but don't leave because I want to ask you a question off air. Okay. Uh, uh, thanks guys subscribe rate review and catch Christopher Titus to in a town near you Titus, carry Masters,
1: new special carry monsters it's my best one and there's no politics we're going to shred my family in this one
0: all right well titus i love you very much and thank you for doing this man
1: you too, buddy thank you man
0: all right okay now how do i
1: stop this you're listening to razor riffs with keith razor and alan lee right here on la talk radio
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, Ray and Review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Raza Riffs. I am also on stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash KeithRaza.